0: is what I do amen Amen. Amen. this is my profession thank God for his word all right let's go to the book of Genesis just a church the book of Genesis and we're gonna go to chapter number two thank you Genesis chapter number two we won't look at two verses and that's verse seven through nine and then we're going to read verse 15 through 17. All right, then I go to Genesis chapter 3 and give you our subject. Amen. Okay, here we go. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, I'm sorry. And verse 7 through verse number 9. Let's read together. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I say that with me, man, man. became a living soul said the wood man, man. means so mean said man became, man became. A, living a living soul all right let's keep reading verse number eight and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed he had formed out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden And the tree of knowledge of good and evil, somebody said two trees, trees was in the midst midst of the garden. The tree of life life. and the tree of knowledge of of good and evil. evil. All right, then you're going to go down and read verse number 15, 16, 17 in chapter 2. Let's go together. There we go. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that I eat thereof thou shalt surely die. So every verse every was, spoken was spoken to man by the Lord God. The, Lord God. the word Lord God, God. means the, mean the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let's go to Genesis chapter 3. When you use the term Lord, that is the Son of God, the word God means the Father, and the word Lord God is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, okay? Genesis chapter number 3 is what we're going to read now, and that's where you're going to get your subject, verse 17 through verse 24. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24, the Lord is still speaking to Adam, let's read. And unto Adam he says, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return to the ground, for out of it thou wast taken, dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Read that again. In the sweat of thy faith thou shalt eat bread. He mentioned the word bread. Let's go to verse number 20. And Adam called his wife named Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Under Adam and also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Say, when he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it corrupted his mind. Now his mind has good and evil, can think of good and evil. All right, that's what's not what God wanted. Look at verse 22 again. And the lord god said the man has become as one of us to know good and evil and now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever say that with me take also also of the tree of life life, and eat and and live forever forever. all right so we're going to be talking about today on the part two on the ministry of the holy spirit volume number four Eat the tree of life, you will live forever. You may be seated. Say that with me. We're going to put it all shown on the screen. Eat the tree of life, tree of life. And, you and you will live forever. God told you how you will live forever. Now the enemy job is to seduce you, beguile you, trick you. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. We're going to pray also. Heavenly Father, we come in the blood of Jesus Thank you for your precious name. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would lead us and guide us, teach us, help us to understand the new covenant. And Lord, we bless you, we praise you for this victory. Thank you for a day of thanksgiving, for we know every day is a day of thanksgiving. We bless you, we praise you, and appreciate you for your grace, your divine provisions. We thank you for your grace, your divine mercy. Thank you for your grace, your divine protection. In the precious name and precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we all give you thanks and said, amen. amen. All right, now what I want to do today is I want to minister on part number two, volume four of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I talk about eat the tree of life, comma, you'll live forever. Now that's what God just got through saying to Adam now we must understand this has to now be put into the new covenant because in the new covenant god told us who the tree of life but before we get to the tree of life in the new covenant everybody in this church should know who the new who the new who the tree of life is amen i probably have to do a teaching on that but we all need to know who the tree of life is in the new covenant but let's look at him in the old covenant first I'm going to give you probably about four different things, uh, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you these things. First, I'm going to show you what they are, and then I'm going to go back and show you again, for you can have a good understanding of how do you do that today. It's not like you can go to Israel and find a garden and go in that garden and say, okay, that's the, that's the Garden of Eden. You can't find God there. So we're going to have to know how do I eat of the tree of life? Where is the tree of life? Now, I gave you some things in our message before because I showed you in the volume we just finished, I showed you that the woman ate of the wrong tree. Let's go to 2 Corinthians eleven 3. We're going to go a different route this time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, what Paul feared was the woman again. Remember, the church of God was called a woman in the scripture. We are called the body of Christ in the new covenant. Bef, but I feel, lest he says, but I feel, lest by any means, as the serpent beguile Eve, he said what the serpent did to Eve, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, subtlety. Subtil- subtil- so your mind, so we know it happened in the mind. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So we can see when the woman ate of the tree of the good and evil, it corrupted her mind. To corrupt her mind means her mind now had good and evil. Her mind now could think good and evil. And you have to know as a believer now, that's your strongest fight. Because the enemy... Of the, is the flesh, you have what you call a fleshly mind. But the flesh won't dominate your mind. That's why you have to be very careful what you listen to, what you feed your mind, what you allow your mind to do. God is my witness. You know, uh, there are things that I have allowed uh, he- hearing, you know yourself, you can hear a song so long and just like I can't get that out of my mind. How I many know what I'm talking about? But that is the whole purpose. That's why you need to hear some good. And you have good going on in your mind. This is why I spend all day Saturday in the Word, especially, I study the Word of God every day. But on Saturday, I give myself to the Word of God. I come up here religiously, probably about 9 o'clock every Saturday morning, and I stay all day. But I put my time in there because I want to make sure my mind is saturated with the Word of God, especially the message that I'm going to minister on, Amen. on Sunday, and so what I do then I go back home. My wife would tell you I come home. I say, okay, then they'd be like, we can't listen to the TV, Sandra. You, I ain't never heard nobody watch the game without a volume, but <laughs> so I say to her, you have yours, I, but I don't just put it out. But I tell you, I don't want to hear it because I'm going. To, I'm. I go to bed. I go to bed at 5:30, 6 o'clock on Saturday, 7 at the latest max. All right, now why do I do that? Because I got to be mentally prepared to minister the Word. You don't just get up and just one day I'm going to do this. No, you need to be mentally prepared, give yourself to the Word. Mentally give yourself to the Word. Meditate upon what you're going to minister. So I study all day Saturday when I'm going to minister on. I meditate all night Saturday night. So when I get up on Sunday morning, 4 o'clock, my alarm clock is set. Every Sunday morning for the last 25 years. That's where it's set at. So I'm going to get up, I'm going to refresh myself with a good shower, and I'm going to get ready for you. And I'm going to spend another two hours or three hours in the Word of God on Sunday morning before you get to church. I'm preparing myself for you. See, so when you come in here, when I'm giving you the Word of God, I'm not giving you what I think. So I'm going to show you the Word of God can come to you through flesh, and I'm going to come to you, it can come to you from above. That's the way the word of God comes. So that's why Jesus said in John chapter number uh, 17, somebody can find that. He said, Father, for their sake, I sanctify myself. Father, for their sake, I sanctify myself. So he had to do this for 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 the people's sake. And you have to understand there is a price to pay for eternal life in the new covenant. It's just not your life. Physically. In the old covenant, they had to lose their life physically. Jesus said to them, if you lose your life, you shall gain it in eternity. So they had to lose their life physically. They were beheaded. They were killed, martyred. In the New Testament, you don't lose your life physically. You lose it spiritually. Otherwise, what that means is the thing that you want to do, the lifestyle you want to live, the bad choices you want to make, those things must be put under. The Bible called them modify. The Bible told us in, in, in Romans, I think, chapter 8, verse 13. That's the verse I think we read this morning. And what I got to understand is that's the life I got to live. If I don't put these things under that's trying to control my life, they're going to kill me. They're going to cause me to lose my life. If you live out the flesh, this is not a game. You're going to die. See, the things in your flesh is warring against the things in your spirit. See, there are things you're you're lusted in the spirit, you're lusted in the flesh. Which one is going to win? If you live out the flesh or you give your flesh the thing it desires, you're going to die because the flesh is not going to choose anything from God. See, this is what happened with Adam and Eve and the God. This is what happened with Eve. She ate the wrong tree. If you live out the flesh, you're going to die, but... If you through the Spirit modify, somebody said, modify. Now that word modify means to put to death. Mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So you have a responsibility after you're born of the Spirit. You, God born you of the Spirit, so now you're empowered so you can be able to do that. Now you can put to death all those desires of your flesh. You got to modify them. Now, if you don't kill them, they, what they want to do is kill you. That's, the, that's what's going on here. Those things of your flesh, we call them the works of the flesh. Their job is to take you out. That's why Paul told you in, Gen, in, in Galatia, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, these are contrary one to another. See, they work against one another. So you cannot do the thing that you would. See, the key is God wants you to be holy, live holy, walk in holiness. That's why in Ephesians 4.1, there's a scripture that the flesh lusts against the spirit, Galatians 5.17. And the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary ones to the other, the Bible says, so that you cannot do the thing you would. So the flesh is out to stop you from obe- being obedient to the Lord. The flesh is out to stop you from living in holiness before the Lord. So Paul said in Ephesians 4, 1, I beseech you, therefore, the prison of our Lord, I beseech you, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Walk worthy. How can I walk worthy? I walk worthy of the vocation which I've been called. I got to understand that word there, walking worthy, has to do with my conversation, my lifestyle. Amen. Jesus died so I can be holy. And be holy is not a choice. Because without... Holiness, no man will see the Lord. This is not a game. So you have to understand something. Jesus died, so you're gonna have the Holy Spirit to make you holy. Now what you gotta do is take the word of God in your everyday life and put to death these things that are coming against your life. You gotta mortify these things. You gotta put them under. We all have to grow up sometime. You might as well start today. Amen. I had to grow up. You got to grow up. Amen. There come a day in my life when the Lord said, told me, he said, you, that's enough of that. You got to get that out of your life. And I had to start working on it that day. That thing was not going to overcome me. I had some bad things in my life, and they was going to keep me from being a pastor. And I was not going to let that happen. You have, once, if God will show you your destiny, and he will show you the thing in your life that's keeping you from that, you will work on it right now so what i did when god showed me he wanted me to start wanted me to be a minister i ain't never known anything about pastor but he wanted me to be a minister then i i came to the lord i told the lord i said i can't do it i can't do it this way i can't be a minister with this in my life you're gonna have to help me and he has done that when god began to work in you it's god that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure when God has something for you to do, he wants to make sure you're qualified so you can be able to do that. The Bible said that in a new covenant called meat. It said you use this word meat for the master's use. And that's what God wanted done. That's what he told Timothy. He wants you to become meat for the master's use. You got to come to a place where if God's going to use you, then you're going to have to overcome some things in your life. We all have to do that. Okay, so this is what this is about. But we're talking about eat the tree of life. You will live forever. Now, your soul is going to live forever somewhere. I gave you this verse this morning. I gave you uh, talking about the word eternity. That's Isaiah 57, right? And verse number 15. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. talk about the word eternity. Now, eternity means where God lives. So if God lives in eternity, then you must have eternal life to live in eternity. Special life. Because remember, there's an eternity, an eternal death and an eternal life. Remember, there's a tree of neither good and evil, and then there's a tree of life. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel to honor, sanctify, this is what I told you earlier, and meet for the master's use. So I must sanctify myself for as put to, put to death these things so the Lord can use me. Now I can be prepared to every good work. But see, I got to understand, if I want God to use me, and I, I want God to use me, you're looking at somebody who is 70 years old, but I want to be used by God. Amen. That is my desire. My desire is to walk in this church one day, and anybody got any sickness, any disease, any pain, anything wrong with them will stand up and say, I can see. Now, that might not be you. But I believe that happened when the Lord Jesus Christ came. The Bible said and he healed them all. That means that people who were sick got up and started walking. People who was lame got up and started walking. Everything began to happen for them in the positive realm because of what God had done in his son. And I'm, I'm a son. You see, I, I, Jesus is an example for the sons so i'm looking at if he did it in one son he wants to do it in another son it's just how many want to be able to go that far some people don't want to go that far i'm going all the way that's 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 my walk. i'm walking with him all the way i used to sing that song when i was growing up walk with me lord walk with me i was serious when I began to sing, walk with me, I was serious. I want him to walk with me. We used to sing that song. While I'm on this Jesus journey, I want Jesus, we used to sing that song, to walk with me, hold my hand. I was serious. I don't know what nobody else was doing. But I, I, I know what I mean. I, I'm taking this for real. I want him to hold my hand. Huh? I'm 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 serious. Walk with me. I want to know you with me every day of my life. Somebody say amen. So I'm not out here just playing around. I live this life. This is how I live. I know God takes care of me. It's not a question. I know it. I know I have eternal life. I know Christ lives here. It's not a game. It's not a question. And because I know he lives in me, I live the life I live. See, I walk in love to you because I know who's here. And I know it's a shame for him to have died on the cross, paid for the price, gave me the power to love you and I won't do it. He gave me the power so I can live holy and then I don't do it. I'm not going to be that way. I got power to love my wife. He gave me power to love her. So that's why I do it. I'm empowered to love her. I promise this woman that she'll never lack nothing. As a matter of fact, I look at her, her finger today, and I'm looking at what color of ring you got on your right finger? Hold your finger. That's what I was going to say this morning. girl you supposed to have the green on the day, the green on to go with the green necklace. She got it on. But you know what i want to see in her life i want to see her wear gym to go with whatever she wear here and here i want to see. that's my desire for my wife at the end of this month she's going to receive the rock Woo! i'm hoping she'll let me do it from right here but i mean you pray you pray for this Christmas, this Christmas, we'll be married for 25 years. It ain't 25, it's 50 years. And a matter of fact, it's gonna, it's a rock. <laughs> she knows, she knows. He knows it. But that's gonna, that just that's just something in our future. That's something I always want to do to my wife. But I always want to make sure she has everything that I can give her. Everything. Amen. So when I see her wear, like last week, she said she's going to wear a blue blue outfit, I make sure she had a blue rock. I'm telling you. My wife will tell you, I bought so many rocks. I bought so many rocks lately, my credit card's going out of sight. She said, why are you doing this? I said, this is the 50th year. This is number 50." I'm just beside myself. There's only one, there's only one fifty. All right. Now's your time. All right. Now, let's go, let's get into the word. And let's show you. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse number 18. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, we're going to give you. The definition, how do I know the tree of life now? How do I know where to get the tree of life? How do I know where to get it at? When you come to a church, you have to understand the person who stands here is the tree of life or he's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You're going to have to know that. Because the trees was in the garden. And you got to understand something. I can minister to you out of my flesh or I can minister to you out of my spirit. And if I don't walk in the spirit, then I'm going to minister to you out of my flesh. You have to understand something. It just can't be that I must walk in the spirit. Because the Bible says if if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You understand how it works? Okay, so I just can't say I'm a preacher. I got to walk in the spirit. To walk in the Spirit means I have to walk in obedience to the Word. I can't walk in disobedience and walk in the Spirit. You can't do it. You can't allow things in your life that grieves and quench the Holy Ghost and you walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means to be controlled by it, To be led by the Spirit. And I believe that's what God has to do to convict us that we're not walking up the Spirit. I can't walk in disobedience. I can be in a job. I can work in the plant, which I did, retired for 30 years of seniority when I was 46. Can't explain this grace. You cannot explain that I retired with 30 years of seniority and I hired in there when I was 19 years old and I retired when I was 46 with 30 years of seniority. You can't figure that out. But that was great. In my last ten years, I did not work in the plant. I worked in United way at my own office at General Motors. You can't figure that out. Neither can I. Don't make no difference. But that, but that man over there, know I'm telling the truth. He know. He know because I worked with him, Johnny. We worked together, didn't we? He know what I'm talking about. I was in the job bank for ten years. <laughs> Hey, see, God been good to me all my life, Amen. Amen. all my life. Amen. He know what, He know where to find me in my locker room, by my locker, in my Bible. You ask him right there, he'll tell you. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, here we go. Now, in, did I got anything out there? I need to keep. Right, here's Proverbs three eighteen. Wisdom is a tree of life. Now, that's what they're talking about there in that chapter. Wisdom is what? That should have been, quote, the tree of life. Because we know the same word A is the same word V. All right, it's single. It designates single. So wisdom is the tree of life. If wisdom is the tree of life, then he said lay hold upon it. Them that lay hold upon it. What are you supposed to do to the tree of life? You're supposed to lay hold upon it. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. Talking about wisdom. Now in the Old Testament, God told you that wisdom is the tree of life. Let's show you one more. Proverbs 11.30. Now this morning I went over these so you get this morning tape and we're going to look at this. We're going to show you Christ is the wisdom of God. Just a moment. Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. What is God saying to me? That's who Christ is. Amen. Christ is God's righteousness. Christ is God's wisdom. So, if Christ is God's wisdom, then I must know I must preach Christ because that's the tree of life. I want you to have the wisdom of God. I want you to have the wisdom of God. I want you to have God's righteousness. The word righteousness means walking right or in right standing with God. So, when God made you right with Him, He is how He did it, He gave you righteousness. Well, this same word, righteousness, is the same word as forgiveness. I gave you three this morning. I gave you Galatians 3, 21. I gave you life. I gave you righteousness. I gave you the wisdom of of God, right? But but I'm not done. See, every one of my messages that I minister, that is wisdom, righteousness. You need to label those at one, two, three, okay, because I'm going to give you number four now. So every day what I do is I continue to, uh, continue to add to my message. God continue to give you. So I know what God gave me. He gave me his righteousness. Well, how do I, I tell you this morning? I show you we're going to go to James chapter number three, remember? And in James chapter three, I showed you that there's more than one wisdom. So you have to understand the wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is the message I preach, and the message I preach comes from above. That's why it was revealed to Paul. If it it was revealed, it came from above. If it's manifested, it's from the earth. Because you have to know what the word manifestation is. Jesus, when he came in the flesh, John 1, 14, the word was manifested. It was made flesh. So when, the, when something is made flesh, it's manifested. That means you can feel, see, touch, handle. So when you read 1 John 1, 2, 3, 1 John chapter 1, 1 and 2, 3, you'll see the word they're talking about is the word of flesh, the word made flesh. I'm not talking about the word made flesh. See, John 1, 14, the word is made flesh. I'm not preaching to you the word made flesh. I'm preaching to you the word revealed. So when the word is revealed, that's the gospel Paul preached, it's the word from heaven. And the word mean bread. The word mean what? Bread. The word mean bread. Children's church, church. Thank God for children's church, church. Amen. All right. Now the word bread means what? I want somebody to find that for me. The word bread means doctrine. What does the word bread mean? I want somebody to find their foot in the word. See, you got to understand something. Jesus told the disciples, I was not talking to you about that bread. The word bread means doctrine. The word bread means what? Doctrine. Doctrine." So you must understand if we are still eating bread off the table, it's not doctrine. Because if it's from above, it's spiritual. So let's show you that. uh, The bread is the wisdom, the wisdom is the doctrine. Christ is the wisdom of God. Let's add to that. Let's go back to James chapter number 3, remember? We're going to go back to James chapter number 3 because he's going to let us in on the wisdom. In James chapter 3, and we want to go back to verse number... Yeah, we're going to go down a little further because I don't need all that. Uh, well, I have to do 13 now. Let's go back to 13. Back Back to 13. James 3.13, we're showing you the true wisdom. So if Eve ate of the wrong tree, that's what we're keying on, remember? And we're showing you if she had eaten of the tree of life, she would live forever. So if she had eaten the wisdom of God, she would live forever. That's what you are fed, is the wisdom of God. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth, otherwise the truth is not in you. You can't have that stuff and have the truth in you. Glory not and lie not against the truth. You can't have envy and bitterness and all this stuff in your heart and then have the truth. See, having the truth made you free from that. Now, watch what he said about this wisdom. This wisdom, this wisdom anywhere, man, just Let's take control. This wisdom descended not from above. This wisdom descended not from above. So if, that, if there's a wisdom from above, then there got to be a wisdom f- from beneath. This wisdom descended not from above. But this wisdom, if it's earthly, it's earthly, sensual, devil. This wisdom is what? Earthly, earthly sensual, devil. If, this, if I feed you out of my flesh, that wisdom is what? Earthly, sensual, and devilish. But if I give you the wisdom from above, that's the next verse, it's going to tell you what kind of wisdom it is. It's next verse, verse 17. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's the wisdom you have it. Then he's going to give you this verse. Now that's the wisdom of God. The wisdom you have it is the fruit of righteousness. Now I gave you that in Proverb eleven thirty, did I not? We didn't read that. We will read it next. And the fruit of righteousness. Somebody said the fruit of righteousness. See the fruit of righteousness sown in peace of them that make peace. Let's go back to Proverb eleven thirty. So I showed you the two wisdom. Wisdom is the tree. Of life if it's the God wisdom if it's not God's wisdom it's the wisdom of the devil <clears throat> all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that scripture actually for the doctrine. in just a minute now right the bread is the doctrine right now the fruit of righteousness here it is is a tree of life so I gave you two things of the tree of life anybody give me number one let me get to you again proverb 318. The wisdom of God. Okay. Y'all out there? What go back to prop. That's one of them right there. I'm giving you the tree. I'm giving you what it is. You can't go to the garden and get the wisdom. Where is it? I mean you can't eat the tree of life in the garden. Where's the tree of life? How do you know the tree of life when you see it? You have to find who preaching the wisdom of God. You have to find who preaches the wisdom of God. So, I'm going to show you in this, in this class, Christ is the wisdom of God. So, when you go into the places, they're telling you to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. That's not the wisdom of God. You can't have your water baptized and receive eternal life. But that's what people are telling you. And that's not that's just one of the doctrines, there's about three or four that I haven't said anything about yet. We're going to get to all of them. Okay, keep it up there because I'm rolling. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. I just showed you that. And he that wouldn't show his wife. But the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. Go back to Proverbs 3, 18. And I showed you here that wisdom. See, this is is something you need to know because you the one need to know what you're eating. She is a tree of light. What is? Give me a verse. Give me the verse above that. It says she. What is she? We, we know it's wisdom because I read it already. But give me a couple of verses above that, please. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a verse or two, like. Nope. Okay, you can start verse 13. It's okay. Happy is a man that find wisdom. So what are we talking about here? Happy the man that find wisdom, the man that gets his understanding. Well, you get understanding when you find wisdom. Amen. But cause wisdom, Proverbs four seven said, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and all you're getting it. So you'll get wisdom first. Wisdom means principal thing first. All right. So wisdom is a tree of life. Also, righteousness is a tree of life. Let's go and show you what I'm going to get to this morning the Gospel of John. Now I'm going to go back and show you Christ is the wisdom of God. That's why Paul preached wisdom, right? That's why Paul preached the wisdom of God. All right? What I need to show you. Well, I, Matthew chapter 16, verse 6 through 12. All right, let's go back there first. Matthew 16, 6 through 12. I want to show you the bread is doctrine. Now you got to understand this and I'm going to go back to John chapter 6. I'm going to teach that because I started this morning. And I want to start reading with verse 1 when I go there. John 6 and 1. Jesus said to them, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee. What did he call it? Leaven, leaven, leaven. leaven. Come on, say leaven. leaven. What do leaven is found in? If you think of leaven, what do you think of? Bread. Right. You put leaven in bread, right? Bread. Right. It's like yeast. All right. It makes the bread rise, right? Yeah. All right. Then said Jesus to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees of the Sadducees. Remember when I teach on the children of Cain or of the children, uh, the righteous seed, when I teach Christ, I'm going to show you the Pharisees and Sadducees are called children of the devil. So that's why he said, Beware. All right. Let's keep going. We're we, we waiting on you to move,. To, okay. And they reading among themselves, saying, "It's because we have no, taken no bread." Now when I go to John six, you're going to see what he's talking about. When Jesus perceived, he said to them, "Oh, you little faith, why reading among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Otherwise, I didn't eat your bread. Well, let's keep going. Do you not understand? Neither remember the five loaves. and I'm going to teach this out of John chapter six, the same thing. Do you remember, the? Do you remember, understand, neither remember the five loaves of bread that I fed the 5,000, do you remember? How many baskets did you take up? How many fragments, how many was left? Neither the seven loaves, and I fed 4,000 out of seven loaves. How many baskets did I take up? So otherwise, he had fed 5,000 people, took up fragments, baskets left. He took over here, he, 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 he did 4,000 people, he had... So he wasn't talking about the bread he's trying to teach them he want to use the bread to teach them doctrine right all right how is it that you do not understand that i spake it not to you concerning bread you eating bread on the table and we i ain't i don't want you to eat the bread i'm trying to get a point to you and you know what church should do today They stand here and look holy and sanctimonious just like we did while they eat the bread and drink the wine. And don't realize the bread is to be eaten. The word eat means believe. And the word drink mean to hear, see spiritually. All right? How is it that you do not understand, he says, that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Pharisees, beware of the leaven, Then they understood how he bade them not to be aware of the level of the bread, but of the doctrine. What? Why did he teach the bread? He wanted them to be aware of what? Of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So God used the term bread for doctrine. How many understand? Amen. Okay. So don't forget that. you got to understand, God showed you what bread means in the scripture. It's doctrine. Now let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. He's going to teach the exact same thing. This is one of the greatest things that I had to do in this church when I took away the communion table, which is called Passover. We call it communion table more than name, but it's really called Passover. Because that's what you ate in Passover. You ate two things, the bread and the wine okay well let's go back and see now Old Testament they had the blood of the doorpost when they came out of Egypt and they ate inside the room people on inside ate the lamb outside they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost called Passover everybody remember Exodus chapter 11 chapter 12 right all right now and and now Jesus is teaching them and the Passover a feast of the Jews was not it was not a feast of the Gentile was it but the day Gentiles we are not Gentile no more, but we just took that from the Jewish people. Churches do it every Sunday. Matter of fact, they don't even care if you preach as long as you do communion. A lot of folks don't really care about the preaching. Because once they take communion, they put their finger like this, and they walk right on around that corner. And they go, right on out that door. I watched it for many years. They take communion, they go they weren't here for the Word. They were here for the communion. This is the first Sunday, and I take communion every first Sunday. Praise God. But let's move on. It's, it's about the Word, isn't it? Amen. All right. Now, let's, let's go back to verse number one, because in John chapter 6, he talked he about the bread. Matter of fact, I'm not going to go to John chapter 1. I'm going to go a little further, because he already talked them about the bread, right? Come on now. All right, he talked about the bread, right? All right. Now, he already talked about the bread, but I want him to explain the bread, so I want to go down and do verse number 31. Look at verse 27 first. Let's do 27 first, and then go to 31. In verse 27, he's going to say something to them. He's going to say, labor not, watch what he says, labor not for the meat. The word meat means bread now. you got to understand, if you never studied the Old Covenant, the word meat means bread. You, know, you put that down your notes. Labor not for the bread which perishes, but for the meat or the bread which endure to everlasting life. See, he's reminding them, it's ain't about the bread you eat off the table. It's the bread which remain or give you everlasting life was the son of man shall give then he said, he gonna give unto him that God the father sealed, because the father had chosen him to do that now let's go down and start reading verse number 31 and in, in, in Genesis I'm sorry John 6 31 now he's gonna teach them bread why is he teaching them bread because it was the feast of the Passover so now the time he wants to teach them he gonna teach them in John chapter 6 about the feast of the Passover bread then he's going to teach them about living water in chapter 8. And then he's going to teach them in chapter number 12, I'm the light of the world. Every chapter, he's going to teach them on and on till all things has been fulfilled. So let's look at this again. Verse 33. I'm sorry, 31. 31, on the screen. I father did eat manna. Now, if you don't know anything about the old covenant, in the, in Jesus, when they came out of Egypt, they ran out of bread. They could not serve communion. They could not have Passover. So they went to Moses and told him they were out of bread. Remember when they came out of Egypt, they brought leavened bread, unleavened bread with them. Remember that? But they ran out. So now they came to him and said, Our father eat manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. All right? Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. they looked looking at him like, What are you talking about? Then in verse 33, he's going to explain it. The bread of God is he. Bread of God is not what's on the table. The bread of God is a person, just like the next teaching he's going to do about himself is a person. John chapter 11, when he teaches John chapter 11, I'm the resurrection. Resurrection is a person see all the way through he gonna teach this is who I am this is who, the bread of God is he he could have said the bread of God is me but he want to blow their mind the blood of God is he who is coming down from heaven otherwise if it didn't come down from heaven it's not the bread of God so that's why Paul ministry was the revelation of the mystery which God gave him from heaven all right here he says the bread of God is he who is coming down from heaven And giving life to the world wait a minute if he came down from heaven and gave life to the world then why are people preaching the message of John the Baptist see the message of John the Baptist is repent now I need somebody to find me this verse it's in the first few chapters of the book of Acts it said John preached the baptism of repentance to all Israel that's what they're gonna say See, John is the one who preached the baptism with repentance. But people are coming today, still want to preach that to be saved. Because they are in religion, in traditional men, and the people in the church don't even know they are lost. They don't even know they are lost. All right? Then he says, verse 33, The bread of God is he who is coming down from heaven and giving life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am, here to verse 35. Once again, in case they missed it, I am the bread of life. Watch what he says. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, he that believeth on me shall never thirst. All right, let's move over. I'm, gonna go, I'm, just, I'm just reading. Go to over to verse 48. Keep on down to verse 48. Just want to read some of this for you. In verse 48, he's going to say it again. I am that bread of life. Your father to eat man in the wilderness, they are dead. What he's telling you, you can take communion from this table every Sunday. You're going to die. Let me say it on this side. You can eat bread and wine off that table every Sunday. You're going to die and go to hell. Because that bread can't save you. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your father, the manna in the wilderness, they are dead. They ate bread that God rained down, not the one you got from Kroger's and, and Walmart and all these stores. They had bread that the Lord rained down like he did snow. And they ate that for their Passover and they still died. Because they rejected Christ, they crucified him. They didn't want the real bread. Jesus, I am the bread of life, verse 44, 48. Your father did eat man in the wilderness, they are dead, verse 49. Verse 50, this is the bread which is coming down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. So he said, if you eat him, you won't die. That's why I told you I know the word eat, mean believe. All right, now in verse number 51. One, oh, I just love Jesus, he didn't stop. He said, I am. The living bread. I mean, you gotta be able to get that. Because people take communion right now, probably while I'm doing it. Then you have some who are so religious to say, we're gonna wait till this afternoon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. We take communion every first Sunday. Sometimes we take it at the, the, the early service, or so we're gonna take it. Then you got some people, they don't do nothing but communion. Let me go, let me get my sister on the corner over here. She knows she knows I'm coming. Why are all these called at the church on Saturdays? To confess our sin. To confession our sin. That's why you see them at the churches on Saturday. They got to confess their sins on Saturday. What if they don't come there and confess their sins on Saturday? You can't take communion on Sunday. You can't take communion on Sunday. <laughs> Man, I didn't, couldn't get there that Saturday. What if I can't get there that Saturday? Can't take no communion on Sunday. Don't even get up. Isn't that the same thing? That's why you have so many still sitting down, they can't get up during the service because they wasn't that sad. Sit down. down. You wasn't that sad. You got to come over here and confess them sins. Bondage. (laughs) Acts 13, what? Hold that thought. Make sure you got everything I need there now because when I get there. Okay, let me move on. In verse 51, we're in John 6 51. Jesus going to, watch this, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Isn't that simple or what? Well, you're telling me if I eat the bread of the table, I'm going to live No, that ain't what he says. If you eat of him, you're going to live forever. And the bread, now this is when he's going to blow their minds. He said, look, the bread what I give is my flesh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it. Look, little man. this bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So when Jesus Christ died in the flesh, he gave bread for the life of the world. He made sure everybody going to have something to eat. He was the Lord's table. See, he made a table everybody to come and eat. It was a feast. All right? And now if you go to verse number 52, Jews therefore strove among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Did you hear what he said? Verse 53, Then Jesus said to them, Verily I say to you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Wait a minute. You want me to eat your flesh and drink your flesh? And drink your blood. Who do you think you are little man? I'm the son of God. And if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're not going to have no life in you. And verse number 54 says. Whoever eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. My flesh is meat and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your Father eat men and are dead. He that eateth bread, eateth this bread, shall live forever. That's when they began to circle him. And the Bible said they got until they pushed him off the cliff. And all of a sudden everything stopped. And he walked way right between the midst of it. Said, You want to go to the cliff? Go of yourself. I got somewhere else I gotta go. <laughs> and he bowed his head and he walked through their midst. Nobody could touch him. He is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The bread you gotta eat is Christ. All right. Now let me show you that because Christ is the wisdom of God. Somebody said, Amen. So, you got to understand, when, you, when I preach to you Christ, that's when you're eating the bread. Now, let's show you this verse. Uh, what, what, what book am I on right now? Mark. Okay, she's going to show me both of them. Go me Mark 1 and 4 first. Give me, give me Mark 4. Here we go. Mark 1 and 4 says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Now, why did he preach the baptism of repentance? For the remission, come on. I need your help. Why did he preach the baptism of repentance for the remission. remission of sin? What side of the cross was he on before Christ's death? Right before Christ's death, you preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Well, what about over here after Christ died for our sins? Well, if Christ already died for my sin, you don't need to preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin when the man just died on the cross for my sins. You know why many people clapping? They don't know what I'm talking about. Before the cross, you did something for the remission of sins. After the cross, you don't have to do nothing. He did something. You understand? That's why my wife reads this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, every week. Christ died for our sins. Well, if he died from the sin, if John the Baptist would have came after him, he wouldn't even have had a ministry, because he didn't have to baptize for the remission of sins. The word remission means forgiveness. When God gave you his righteousness, watch this: He gave you His forgiveness. And here are people, they'll receive the forgiveness. They'll receive righteousness. Praise God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you forgiven? Well, we don't want to go there for a praise. <laughs> Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. I want you to put up. Let's finish this verse first. After that, we're going to go to Romans 5, 17. And I want you to read the NLT. Okay? When John had first preached be, before his coming... When John had first preached before his coming, over here, one, John preached what? The baptism of repentance. I'm going to tell you again over here in Acts 13, 24. When John had first preached before his coming, before Christ came, he preached the baptism of repentance. Who did he preach it to? I need to hear you. He preached it to all the people of Israel. And see, what people are doing now is they're taking the same message. Go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Now people are taking the same message of water baptism and preaching it to the church. To the church! How can you preach water baptism to the church? Am I angry? Yeah, a little bit. Can I control it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is my, is my, uh, got some old mics on the church right now? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell when I, get, I don't know if that put it, put it on. All right, let's move on. Acts 2. Is that what I said? I said verse 36. It's okay. I'm a very nice pastor, am I? I'm talking to people behind the screen. So patient. She had yeah, patience. Praise the Lord. Acts 2.36. At the NLT, right? Did I tell you? We're going to do this here. We're going to do the NLT when I get to Romans 5.17. But well, right now, let's read it. Therefore, let all the house of Israel... Who is Peter preaching to? The house of Israel. But you know what churches does? They take the same verse and preach to their congregation. But the people don't know no better. They don't know no better. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He's made him Lord in Christ now. Therefore, let all the house of Israel. God, wait no next verse. So I won't have to say it again now when they heard this who heard this israel the children of israel right they were pricked in their hearts and they said to peter peter peter's not your apostle paul is they said to peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do jews asked peter what we what, what you want us to do then peter said to them repent to the jews Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for what reason? For the remission of sin because only Paul preached Christ him crucified. Peter didn't preach remission of sin. Peter, Paul preached remission of sin. Paul preached Christ crucified, not Peter. You can go to Peter's church during the days of Paul and get water baptized. That's why Paul preached to them Galatians. Who has with you? What you doing over there? They went to Peter Church, had communion. That's what Peter do here. We don't serve it here. They go, they go on to Peter Church, and they take communion. Make sure they say. Or they'll go over there to Peter Church and get baptized in the name of Jesus for the precious Holy Ghost. And that's why, see, people. I told you this morning. That's why people don't understand. Let me finish right here. Did I finish what I was doing? Then Peter said to them, repent be baptized every one you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Wait a minute. They would be repent be baptized for remission of sin because that's, that's what they preached to the Jews. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall. You shall. Future tense, you shall. They did not get the Holy Spirit until the Holy Ghost was poured out. Remember that same chapter, Acts chapter 2, they had already poured out the Holy Ghost upon them. You remember that, right? Well, there they said, you shall receive. Go back to that verse again. Go back to that verse again, please. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, they hadn't received it yet? No, because Paul hadn't come yet. The Holy Ghost just been poured upon them. Back up to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. So you have to understand what was happening. The Holy Ghost, they were not being born again. The Holy Ghost came upon them to fulfill prophecy. And they're all going to speak in tongues in their own languages. This is not receiving the Holy Spirit for the son. You got to hear the gospel preach to receive the Holy Ghost as a son. That's why they had to wait till Paul come. And when the day of Pentecost will fully come. So you have to understand, you're fulfilling scriptures. The day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost. That's why you have churches now saying, well, we are Pentecostals. Well, what is that saying? We are not going to move. We're going to stay right here because we have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is okay. That's good, but you need the Holy Ghost in you. Come on, keep reading. The Holy Ghost, come on you' to the, the, the God has baptized me with the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost had to come in. Amen. Before your son, the Holy Ghost come up on you for service. You read the whole Old Testament, Holy Ghost came upon Saul. Saul, King Saul, Wicked King Saul. The Holy Ghost came upon him. Turn him into another man. but he was wicked. People would not, the Holy Ghost is not coming, people in the Old Covenant. He could not come into the blood. Christ had to shed his blood before he can come inside. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were all with one accord, one, all accord in one place. That's what people read to you, Pentecost. And suddenly there came from sound of heaven, sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And watch this, it filled all the house. Yeah, all the physical house, where they all were sitting. And they all they appeared to them cloven tongue like as a fire, and they set up on, set up on, up on, up on them, up on, up on them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. See, they they look at that, see, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. No, 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 he didn't come in. Feel there is the word control. And begin to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them to utter. They will begin to speak with other languages. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout Jews, out of every nation. They were all Jews. I'm waiting on the next verse. Now, when this was north abroad, that mother two came together and was confounded, because every man heard them speaking his own language. This is not the, the Holy Spirit coming in. When the Holy Spirit come in, you're that, ba. that's not what they were doing. They would hear one of their own language. They spoke language. They spoke all different kinds of language. Like in this church, you know, we got people speak three or four languages. Like my daughter, I keep talking about it the face. <laughs> I always bother her, right? And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how? Here we every man in his own tongue wherein we were born they want not speak when you get the first Corinthians chapter number 12 13 and 14 then you'll hear people speak in the spirit tongues that is the gift of the holy spirit not a language that you can understand when you get the first Corinthians 12 13 and 14 he tell you you cannot understand this language because you're not praying to man you're praying to god so you ought to want to pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. You ought to want to pray in the Spirit. You build up yourself in the Holy Spirit. You ought to want to pray in the Spirit. God give me revelation knowledge of the word as I pray in the Holy Ghost. The word is already written in the scripture, but it began to come to me. When I came in my office the other day, I didn't understand what the Holy Ghost was saying. I did not understand my message. I didn't even know I wrote four, three or four messages. I didn't understand where I'm going to go, where I'm going to go from here. And I began to, ha, ha, ho, rama, se no mona, I just start talking to the Holy Ghost. Just start. Just walking praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what? After a while, I'd be like, I got it, I got it. Oh, I got that. I got it. I heard it. And I get old, and I get back to writing. When I get to where I don't know where I'm going, I get back to praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Why? Out of your belly. She'll flow river. It comes out of you. The Spirit is in you. Go to John 7 37 38 39. The Spirit is in you. And you got to understand that the Spirit is in you. You got to know the Spirit's in you. He the only one know what he want next. So the Spirit of God's in you to lead and to guide you and to help you if you will pray. Amen. All right. When you don't know what to do, you got to know how to pray. All right. And the Holy Ghost will take these things of yours and lead and guide you and give you information by the Holy Ghost. That's Romans chapter 8. Somebody give me that verse there. He said, when the Spirit helps us our infirmities. Romans chapter 8. We'll do that next one done. He said, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood in Christ said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, Out of his belly, out of his belly, not up on, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, where water is the scriptures. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living scriptures. Brother, when you don't know what to do, I'd minister one time what to do when you don't know what to do. Hallelujah. You get somewhere and you pray in the Holy Ghost until your answer comes. Can somebody say, Amen? But this spake he of the Spirit, for they that believe on him, watch this, shall receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus was not yet risen from the dead. So the people over here with John the Baptist did not have the Holy Spirit in them yet. Jesus was not raised from the dead. Likewise, the Spirit also happens our infirmity. We know not what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, not itself, himself. He's a person. You got to meet him. Change your life, all this little foolish stuff in your life. Just meet him. All that stuff gone. All that stuff. Once he walks in, it's called meeting the I am. Because once you meet him, it won't be no more you. It'll all be him. Huh? It'll be all you'd be like, oh you always used to talk about yourself and how cool you were. You the dude, no, ain't no more Bobby no more. It's all about him. Somebody say amen. Once he come in, once he come in, brother, he changes your entire life. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us our infirmity. He helps us our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know what to pray for. All these people calling me, Pastor, you need to pray. I don't know what to pray for, but I know who do know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we ought to, what the Bible says, but the Spirit, the Holy Ghost himself, he maketh intercession for us. With groanings, groaning, with Sh- groaning. groaning, I'm waiting on you, which cannot be understood, the word uttered, which cannot be understood. He ministered through us, out of our bellies, there flow rivers of living water, and my time is up, and I thank you for yours.